Welcome to the Oil & Gas Global Network's Legal & Risk Management Podcast with Sarah Stogner, where each weekly episode touches on legal and risk management issues impacting the energy sector. Visit our website at www.oilandgaslegalrisk.com for more information on today's episode, past episodes, and upcoming OGGN events. Today's episode is sponsored by ThoughtTrace, developers of Alley, an artificial intelligence platform that reads and understands energy agreements and contracts to quickly find critical data. Hey, this is Sarah, and I'm here with Matt today. Okay, Matt, give me your elevator pitch. All right. It's good to be here. So I really, truly believe in living a values-based life, and that belief is that everyone has three to five core values in life, things that fill their tanks and bring out the best in them. And it creates a very fulfilling lifestyle where people are productive in their work, their lives, their families, their friendships, their communities. The problem is, is that most people are living lives with values that have been defined by others, you know, from their environment, from the people around them, things that people have told them that they can and can't do. And what I notice is that people end up wearing masks. They can be incredibly successful in their careers, but feel miserable. And typically all their value comes from one aspect in life. Typically their, their performance will determine their value. So their career is everything. So if work's going well, everything in life is great. One bad week at work and it's like, am I going to be fired? Am I going to lose everything? And it all goes downhill. So I believe in people having multiple streams of values pouring into their lives that just absolutely evokes the best in people. So I help people really achieve what they really, really, really want to accomplish in life. So that means you know, if you want to get a different job or a different, you know, industry that you want to work in, I want to go below the surface and find out why. So how will you live your life differently when you get this new job? People tell me I want to travel more. I want to spend more time with family. Then I'm like, the real goal is then you want to travel and spend more time with family. And you're hoping this new career will get you there. My goal with the client is to get them to that next level in a way that they're not going to be repeating history. And that's usually where clients are lost. They don't know how to do that jump. They don't know how to make that transition. So I'm great at helping people define and articulate their values and taking that next step in life, getting people unstuck. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, I'm sure maybe some of our listeners now are going, okay, Sarah, this is a legal and risk management podcast, right? <laughs> for the energy sector. Matt sounds great and inspirational, but you know, where does he tie in? And we had a great LinkedIn local event here in Midland last night, right? And mm -hmm. we had several guys that were guys and gals from the energy sector that were here and i know that your message really resonated with them of that there's no good time you know you're never going to be comfortable making a change because change yeah, is uncomfortable yeah there's no perfect time you right. might as well stop waiting right so from a, a legal and risk management perspective big picture when people are happy they commit less mistakes they don't hide errors right and so i think that it's a big picture of taking all of your, your life lessons kind of and, and mm -hmm. your help and helping people implement those. And if we would, we'd have a whole lot less issues that then you had to hire people like me, right, to get involved. Right. So you've built a lot of your network and business on LinkedIn. Can mm -hmm. you tell me a little bit about that and how you've used it and maybe some advice for those that are thinking about becoming active but are, have a little trepidation? 
Yeah, you know, a lot of people gave me flack in the past when I started leveraging LinkedIn because I spoke a lot about feelings, vulnerability, emotions, all that stuff. And I tied it in with leadership and everything that I did. People thought there wasn't a place for that on LinkedIn. What I learned was people were starving for that. People were starving for something that was real, not just surface, not just talking about results or putting out inspirational quotes with a picture of a beautiful flowing river and all that stuff. And so I brought some reality and some vulnerability to it. And I noticed that people really gravitated towards that. My network started to flourish. What was funny was in the very beginning, though, I was a button masher on LinkedIn. My first couple of years on LinkedIn, my, my boss told me in my corporate job, you know, we need to recruit more talent. So I used to just sit there and hit that connect button all day. And I racked up a good, you know, 3000 plus followers really fast. But then I got on the naughty list with LinkedIn. Too many people said they didn't know me. And LinkedIn says, well, you can no longer connect with anybody without their email address. And then you have to sign a little waiver with them online saying, I promise I'll never do that again. And they reinstate you. Well, they reinstated me and then I did it again. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I got a lifetime ban from connecting with people. So there was with just you know a little over 3,000 something followers. I could never connect with anyone again without an email address. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because from there on, you know, I'm pushing 30,000 followers now. I learned how to get over 20-something thousand followers just through attraction with people connecting with me and not me connecting with them. And just recently, I think it was a year and a half ago, they reinstated me. I wrote to them and sent them an email. I said, I'm a changed man. I found God. I've changed my whole life, you know. And they, they said, all right, go at it. But I've been super selective about who I connect with. You know, what I tell people is, is that, Find a way to not just talk about your results on LinkedIn, but also talk about who you are as a person, uh, who you are as a person and how did you deliver results because of those reasons? Well, and I think that, you know, our energy industry has a perception problem, mm -hmm. right? We're today we're in, in Midland, Texas. And if anybody's been to the Permian out here, oil is king because mm -hmm. it's the livelihood of you know the majority of people out here have someone in the field, right? Right. So, but it's unique. I mean, most of the times, the general public's exposure to the industry is they go and get gas mm -hmm. and they see bad news when we've got a catastrophic well blowout. And right. other than that, they don't have everyday exposure. So I think that from my perspective, LinkedIn is a really unique opportunity to show the rest of the world that the energy industry is made up of great people just like any other industry, right? Absolutely. Yeah, this is a great way you know, for people to, to not just talk about you know, again, their results, but also who they are as an individual and what their values are, what they stand for, value and believe in. One thing that th I think this is valuable for companies, when companies are looking to recruit great talent, one of the biggest things is turnover in a company. You don't want to just bring on somebody who has great results. You want to bring on someone who's going to align with your company culture. And if your company culture is not defined yet, then you have a bigger problem. But if you have a defined culture, then you want to hire for culture and then the results, and you're going to reduce turnover. So one of the biggest things when I've gone into companies before, and I've worked with people on this, and they say, well, I don't, I don't know if we should really invest in this. I don't know if it's going to be worthwhile. I'm like, well, what is your turnover percentage? You know, they take a look at that and they can see how much it's costing them, you know, per year in turnover. Then I take it a step further. I'm like, all right, well, what's your turnover with people who worked with the company for less than a year? So these are people you brought in, you trained, and within a year they left. That's like just throwing money out the window. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's when people start to see the, the actual value in this process. Like, okay. And that's why I also teach people again, too. Like, it's okay to put a little bit of yourself in your profile. It doesn't have to be all stuffy, suit and tie. You know, it shouldn't just sound like your company. No one wants to read your company webpage over on your summary. And over. Yeah. It's <laughs> just they can look that up somewhere else. They want to know about who you are as the person. 
Okay, so it's all obviously it's it's always good business sense, right? If you've got people that are happy in their jobs and and but from my perspective there's a safety element especially in the energy sector, right? Mm-hmm. Of people in the field, people in the office that are making decisions, they need to trust each other absolutely, right? So it's almost a military type setting right. of you trust that the commander knows what's going on and that he's not going to put you in harm's way because there are dangers if mm-hmm. the job's not done properly. Right. Right. So have you or how do you help or is there a difference in approach from a guy that's out in the field every day to the executive that's in the boardroom? Mm-hmm. Is it the same formula? Is it just be genuine and be you? What you know, how, how do you recommend people do that from the broad spectrum? You know, people are people. I actually I've never seen the process change regardless of industry. You know, people are people. So again, I have people focus on what are their core values and being able to articulate those things. So say if you just use one, say you just speak to your results, that's kind of boring. If you just say, you know, I've been responsible for delivering 160 million in revenue or something, you know, a a month or a year or whatever, that's great, but it has no context to it. It's just like, I don't know if that's good or not. I don't know how you did it. Even if you just say something like, you know, I have a passion for working with, you know, people in leadership and developing others. That sounds beautiful, but like, I don't know what you did with that. If you can find a way to marry the two together, an action, a value with a result, you have a more powerful statement saying, you know, because of my passion for developing leaders and, you know, working on their core competency skills, you know, we were able to increase revenue by X percentage last year. You know, that tells a little more of a story. And so LinkedIn is a great place for you not to tell your entire story. This is a place to give people <laughs> the Facebook. preview. Yeah, it's not Facebook, but you know, it, things are changing there too. Like a lot of people, that, that conversation has been long, you know, long, long in the process of people saying, well, this isn't Facebook. Well, what is really Facebook? You know, well, I think of cheesy cat videos and people oh, complaining yeah. about politics, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, right. Facebook's definitely a place where you can just do anything. But a lot of people used to think you know, bringing Facebook to LinkedIn was talking about vulnerability or talking about anything personal I gotcha. was Facebook. And that's not the case anymore. That grumpy old crowd is slowly becoming irrelevant. The people who are saying, well, this isn't Facebook. You know, that's not true anymore. There is more vulnerability out there. There are people talking more about their personal issues because it makes us real. And that's what people are really hungry for. Well, and people do business with people, right? Exactly. So it's an okay place to come out here and talk about what your values are. It's not a great place to come out here and just, and I don't think any social media platform is a fun place to come out and just start going on a rant, you know, about stuff. You can do that. That's great. But you're going to, the whole thing is to find your tribe, to find your people, find other people that align with your values, you know, people that you can still have engaging conversations with. But, you know, if you're going out there and you're talking about negative topics or you're going on these rants, you're going to attract more people that are into that kind of thing. And you're going to have a negative network. You're going to have a bunch of people, you know, so you're going to attract whatever you put out there. You know, that's the biggest thing. So true. And in the process, you go start putting things that are extreme or untrue. And then, of course, then the lawyer in me says, yeah, that's when it becomes really a negative and potentially What's the, how do I phrase it? You know, it, 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 it you do away with the good, yeah. right? The potential benefits of it then can become a, li- a potential liability. Yeah. There are times I've deleted plenty of people from my network where I've seen a post and I'm like, that's not something I support. Like even being connected with this individual, right. not happening. Right. You don't want I'm somebody re- yeah. to associate you with 
their yeah, content. Exactly. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be offended if someone removed me because I didn't align with theirs. That's completely fine. This isn't about pleasing everybody. It's just about go find your tribe, go find your people. You know? Right. Absolutely. So what are some tips or advice you have for okay, somebody's listening right now, they're in their car on their commute and they said, Okay, you know, I've been I've been checking it out, I've been following people how do you recommend people start actually getting involved? Do you say, okay, start by reading other people's posts, liking and commenting? Do they go out there and start posting video? You know, what do you recommend to try to kind of help people ease their way into it to build up their confidence? And yeah. and then I'll let you finish that. And then I want to follow up on how to know if you're resonating with your target market. So, Absolutely. First thing on the video piece, just because you can do video doesn't mean you should and doesn't mean you have to. It's okay. Like everyone's doing video right now. It's a great function. It's a great way to engage with an audience, but you don't have to do it. It's okay. <laughs> you know, it's like everyone's pushing people to do, you got to do video. You got to No, you don't have to do video. I built most of my network just writing. You know, I didn't get the video feature until February of this, you know, this year. But so on that topic, one of the first things that I tell people when I'm helping with their profiles and getting on LinkedIn and getting involved is first start by kind of the giver's gain mentality, having a servant's heart, really get on there and start learning how to be a member of the community. Not just what's in it for me. And that's what really helped me in the beginning too, is everybody on LinkedIn that, that when I first started was, you know, I need a job or I'm looking for talent. I'm looking for clients. And then when they got what they wanted, they vanished. And then they showed up again when they, when they had another need. I believe that the most valuable thing you can do on LinkedIn is what you're doing in between the times when you don't need something. You know, how are you giving back to the community? Like being a connector, you know, hey, I know somebody that would really provide value to you. I want to connect the two of you. That is a beautiful thing that you can give somebody along with liking and commenting or sharing somebody else's content. So it's great to go on there. Take 10 minutes every morning or, you know, once a day just to scroll through the feed and see what resonates, see how you can give back to the community and help somebody's message be heard and supported. Yeah. And you, and might, you might learn might... something in the process. <gasps> exactly. How oh. about that? The more you know. <laughs> So yeah, I absolutely believe in that is learning how to be a member of the community first before you just start purging a bunch of stuff out there, you know, be a member of the community first. That even means like, you know, connecting people. It could be simple as writing a recommendation for somebody, you know, endorsing somebody for skills. As long as you know the person, don't endorse somebody if you just like, hey, you're great at risk management. Right. Never, I've never met you. Vice versa. Don't <laughs> ask people you don't know right. for recommendations. And don't. <laughs> Recommendations are a beautiful thing. And what one of my first assignments for people is, is find five people that you know well and write a letter of recommendation for them on LinkedIn with and do it by surprise. Because there's nothing better to wake up in the morning. You're ready to bulldoze through your day. And all of a sudden, somebody's written this beautiful paragraph about you and what they appreciate about you. Like that just lights somebody up inside. The last thing I want you to do is don't ruin it by saying, hey, could you write one for me too? Oh my God. It's like, oh man. You know, so. Right. It's the surprise gift that. Yeah. That has an agenda. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. So don't do that. So, but at the same time, I want people to learn how to ask for the recommendations also. So I tell them, pick a different five people and ask them for a recommendation. You can ask the other five you wrote for later, but not right after writing one for them. Right. You know, so that's again, the whole mentality around just learning how to serve and give on this platform. Yeah, that's, a, I like that. That's a great tip. And then what about people's headlines and creating mm -hmm. their content? 
right that people see. It's yeah. it shouldn't be a duplication of their firm bio at, at whatever their company's website is, right? So how do, yeah. and I mean, I'm sure if people go and they search for me or they search for you, we have kind of extreme. I don't know the, the proper term, but we're very out there and open yeah. and and adventurous. How about that? We're adventurous yes. in our headlines. And I have to tell you, I've never really had any negative feedback on mine. Have you? So how do you recommend that people? No, you know, I have on my content. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a different you know, thing. That's a different thing. I've actually had mostly positive you know, feedback on my headlines specifically, because the traditional way of doing it is use your headline to put your title. You know, right. I am this, I'm a lawyer, I'm a life coach and that's it. <sighs> yeah. It's super boring uh, because there's tons of people in your field already. Right. So if somebody's doing a search on coaches or somebody's doing a search on lawyers, you know, they're going to get a whole list of people. I tend to use the headline for there's two different strategies behind it. You can use the headline to put what your ask is in for it. You know, I'm looking for clients or, you know, look for, you know, if you're looking to grow your business by 10, whatever, you can put that in there. Or my approach is I like to use a series of words that speak to what you stand for, value, and believe in, along with what your work title is. So mine's not just a life or leadership coach. You know, I've got that I'm a Forbes author in there. I write for Forbes. I also have that I'm a husband, I'm a father. I have a scripture in there. I have the lion, which is, you know, something that people have branded me as because I use lions a lot in my marketing. So it's got a series of different things. And what's cool about that is, is every time somebody connects with me, and this is something I advise anybody to try and do is whenever you get a connection request, feel free to accept it. But when they, when you accept it, send the message to them that just says, thanks for connecting with me. What brought you to my profile? I, I like that. I say, how can I add value? Yeah. Something so innocent. I've gotten a 95 response rate when I ask that question. And what's great is you know that when they're connecting with you, for the most part, they already resonate with something in your profile. But now this takes it a little further and they can tell you specifically what. I like and that. they'll tell you like, it was because you had family in your headline and I really want to find a coach, but I wanted to find one that really connects with family. And so that, that means a lot. That's a value I have. Or, you know, I have a value around faith. So I wanted to work with somebody that also shared that. Or it was the last article that you wrote. So it really kind of narrows down a little even more about what you two connect with and can create a great conversation. Well, and it lets you know what what of your content is working and what's not. Exactly. If, if no one ever says, I love that you're an MSA whisperer, Sarah, then maybe I should stop whispering. But I get that's actually one of the people's favorites. Or yeah. they'll say, you know, I saw that you liked live music or that you are a mediocre CrossFitter. You yeah. Know? I <laughs> love your headline. Your headline's epic. Lots yeah. of people connect with, you know, look, I'm no one's ever going to accuse me of having perfect squat depth, right? right. Uh, but I get out there every morning and I try. So Exactly. I mean, I've posted every piece of content you can imagine, you know, and I was told too that, you know, LinkedIn wasn't a place to talk about faith either. And I did that. My first time I did it, I got 300 new followers in one day. So that was proven wrong. Also, I was told you couldn't talk about a lot of personal things when people say, well, that's not professional. I think that's a bunch of crap yeah. because professionalism and being professional is a perspective. You know, I had one guy who said, you know, you should get a therapist and not LinkedIn. <laughs> so well, I have like an army of therapists. Thank you. And I said, look, you know, I'm talking about vulnerability on here. I'm a life coach. That's my industry. That's my business. That's totally professional for me. You sell copiers, bro. Like, you know, I can get it. Like it, we have different perspectives of what professionalism is.
Well, and I think from the legal industry, I faced the same thing. For mm-hmm. years, the first few years that I was an attorney, I thought that being uptight was being a professional attorney. Right. And then I realized, no, they're probably just not happy being attorneys. And if you love what you do, you got to do you and you will attract, like you said, the law of attraction, right? right? You attract people that are going to be good to do business with. And the energy industry specifically is a big family. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's big, but it's small. And you quickly learn who's good to do business with, who you can trust. Because again, you know, you've got people's lives, fingers, you know, everything's on the line, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it is a family. And LinkedIn has become like another family for me, the people that I connect with, you know, because again, they connect with a lot of my values and I connect with theirs. And so we learn how to support each other and, and help serve. And just because somebody might not be a potential client for me, someone they know might be, right. you know, or someone I know might be a great client for them. And so, so how do you know, you know, we talked a little bit about you'll post something or you'll do something and people will connect, request to connect with you. And then you'll ask what brought you to right. connect. Uh, but other than that, how do you know if your posts are resonating with your existing audience? So for example, if I get 15 likes on a post, what does that mean? Does that mean that wasn't a good post? Oh man, what a great topic. There's a variety of ways to gauge whether or not it resonated with people. One of them is the obvious thing, you know, the views, the likes, the comments, the shares, you know, that's the very simple one. What people don't realize is, is that not everybody who likes your comment is going to click the like button. Some people just don't do it. And what I've learned was people have messaged me directly. You know, people have written to me and they said, I loved what you wrote the other day about bad leaders in the workplace. I didn't hit the like button because I didn't want my boss to see that I liked it and think that I was referring to them because I was, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so these insecurities come up thinking that if they like certain things, they do certain things on social media, you know, innocent things that people are going to be retaliated against in the workplace. One, that's a no, no, if you are being retaliated against. But the second thing too, is is, as long as you're not going on some weird racist rant or something outrageous or offensive, you know, it's okay, you know, but so there's a lot of people who resonate with your stuff that won't even actually tell you or even click the button. Just know that keep planting seeds. You know, it takes a little while to build your network to find your tribe. So I had one client that wrote to me that we had a session and they were like, you know, I don't know if LinkedIn's working for me. I, I wrote a couple articles and just didn't work. Yeah, articles. Like, let's, two, let, two. Well, and let's <laughs> talk about articles versus posts, yeah. right? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of look at articles as a long-term, more substantive look into something that remains on your profile page yeah. and is in Google search and all this, yep. right? Whereas a post and my article clicks and views and likes and comments are much lower than my posts because frankly, who wants to go? Most people don't want to go and read two or three pages about what a court did on a specific indemnity issue. They don't want to click a link either. It's like, Oh, Oh, it's so I have to leave the feed. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, but does that mean that it's not worthwhile? Right. So how do you, it is, there is value in articles. So what I've actually started to do is I used to write more articles in the past and then I started converting to doing just more posts because people, their attention spans resonated with 1300 characters. So, you know, the average post can be a maximum of 1300 characters or less. You know, you can put a picture, you can put a video in there. That's great. I enjoy that because it's a great bottom line way. It forces you to bottom line your message in 1300 characters. 
Right. We all need to practice being a little more succinct, right? Yes. That's so huge. So I love that tool behind it. How do you get your message down to 1,300 characters? An article is a great way to expand on a message. So if you have a theme for the week about something you're talking about, great. Do your post, 1,300 characters, and then maybe you have a bigger part of the story that you want to share. An article is a great way to do that because now I think you have 20,000 characters that you can write in an article. I mean, you could do block quotes. You can put links in there. I mean, you can really make it look pretty. There's all these different formatting options right. in there. It's basically a blog. It's a- it is. It's a blog, and it's a great way to archive what you're doing because you can go back through and look through your library of articles that you've written. So there are times I've written a full article, and then I do a condensed version of that, and I put it into a status update, and I'll put a link in there too. If you like this, then check out the full article. So I love that feature and I've taken, again, I've taken some really great status updates that I've done and I've converted them into articles just so I can save them. Right. And I pretty much save everything I write too. And plus, one of the things that most people don't realize is that your profile has an archive. Like everything you've ever done on your profile is saved on LinkedIn and you can download that through the settings. Download a full archive under the communications section. It's, actually, I think it's under privacy in the settings menu, and you can have everything in there. And I love doing that. I do it once a month. I do a full download, and I've got a link to every single post I've ever done in the past like eight years. With There's a URL link to it also, and you right. can go back and look at it again, and you can look through your content. So it's incredibly valuable, along with your entire connections list. All your recommendations are all downloaded in this archive. So I highly recommend, you know, if you have something great, convert it into an article. It's not about, again, it's not always about getting the likes and comments. It's just, you never know when people go through and read it. I have people that have clicked through some of my older articles and just because they were there in a library. So there's value in both. Right. Okay. So listener has said, okay, I'm going to start going on. I'm going to spend 10 minutes a day. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tweak my personal information. I'm going to start going and finding content that I like. What's your recommendation for, they've decided that they're going to start posting their own content. What kind of schedule, how frequently does that need to be? You know, the whole point is you don't want to waste time, right? Right. So is it a slow and steady? Is it a daily? Is it two or three times a week? Is it 18 times a day? Does it not matter, right? What What's your thoughts from your experience on, on if you're going to commit to doing this, doing yeah. it right? Well, that's the thing. Doing it right is the whole perspective. Like, find what works for you first. And you're going to have to play around with it a little bit. Everyone's looking for this magic formula on how to do this right. And honestly, it's about doing it in a way that works for you. And so I can tell you what my approach is. And then I help other people find theirs too. There are strategies on the right times to post, you know, Monday through Wednesday, you know, mornings are great. Those are post, you know, peak times to post something. I don't always work that way. There are plenty of times I've been up at two in the morning and I've had a great idea and I post in the moment. I post in the moment because for me, you know, the energy's there. Like I'm really connecting with the message I'm writing about. And I just sense that maybe other people need to hear it in that moment too. Some of my most successful posts have been that way. So I don't always focus on just like it's that perfect time of day. If it be starts becoming this hardcore marketing strategy and you start feeling stressed out every time you're writing something, stop writing. You know, if you're sitting there thinking like, what am I going to write about today? You don't have to write anything at all. Write when you only have good stuff to put out there. If you're passionate about it, it's going to show up in your post. You know, it's going to resonate. If you're just writing about something to write, that's also going to show up and it's going to get boring and people are going to get annoyed with your message after a while. There are times where I have 
completely blitzed people with a ton of posts all in one day. And it's like, holy cow, you posted like 10 times a day. But look, I've got a lot of energy and I'm feeling good and I don't care. So I'm going to do it. And then there are times where I haven't posted anything for a week and I'm just supporting other people's stuff. Just whatever you do, write about stuff that you love. Write about stuff that you're resonating with in that moment. Write for you. Don't write for others. Write for yourself and you're going to find your audience. That's the biggest thing I can tell people. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Okay, well, we're almost out of time. How do, if people want to find you, connect with you, do tell them a little bit about how to find you and then, you know, people can hire you to help them do this, right? So Yeah, absolutely. So I do webinars on this and I do one-on-one work. One thing I'll be very clear is like, granted, I do LinkedIn work is a very small portion of my business. It's a part that I love, but I won't do profiles for people. Like I'm not going to help. I'm not going to just write your profile for you. That's the last thing I want to do. I want to help you learn how to write about it, how to write your profile. And what I'm really teaching people is how to talk about themselves. It's hard, right? We're- hard. It is painful for people. I mean, they would literally rather go to the dentist every day than like do this, but it's such a valuable skill. So when I'm teaching people how to leverage LinkedIn, how to create a great profile, I'm I'm really teaching you some life skills here about how to talk about yourself that you can leverage everywhere, whether it's in one-on-one conversation or it's on social media, I'm going to help you learn how to write about what you stand for, value and believe in and how you delivered results in your career. And by the end of this, like you're going to have an amazing profile that speaks to who you are and your results, but you've also created, it's easy to create a resume from this too. Because I'm going to take what you've written on your LinkedIn and we can take the condensed version of that and take only the top bullet points and convert that over to a resume. Because a resume is just more of a condensed message of your LinkedIn profile. So there's so much value in doing this work. So I do this one-on-one with people. It usually takes me four one-hour sessions over the course of a month to help people create a really awesome profile and one that really speaks to who they are. And it's not one of these cookie cutter templates. You can go out there and pay somebody, you know, a really cheap fee and they'll, they'll write you a cookie cutter template, you know, very professional looking, but I guarantee you it's going to blend in with like the other 500 something million followers out there. Well, and it doesn't get to the meat of really discovering who you are and your value set and going through the uncomfortable process sometimes of figuring Mm -hmm. out, okay, what are my top priorities? Right. Right. And you help people do that. And people have told me, they said, you're expensive. I said, you're damn right. I'm expensive (laughs) because I'm offering you something that's completely different out there. Right. So, well, you know, there's a lot of free videos that I can watch on how to build my profile or I can get it from other people. I'm like, go ahead. But here's the question I'm going to ask you. Are you getting the desired results you want from your profile? And then they're like, mm, no. Well, I said, well, then why don't you try something a little different? I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not bragging here, but like, look, I built over 70% of my business from this platform alone, you know, without paying a dime for it. Right. Like I'm getting, and I'm not marketing myself like a used car salesman. I'm doing it in a very authentic way and I'm using attraction style marketing and I'm also building great relationships, you know? So if... Do you have a website? Do you have email? What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Matt at lifestorycoaching.net. My website's still being built, but my LinkedIn page is where pretty much everything is. So you can find me on there under Matt Gagnon. It's spelled G-A-G-N-O-N. But you can find me on there. You can't miss it because my headline's got a bunch of emojis in it. So it's uh, don't judge me for my emojis. Uh, <laughs> I have value. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining me, Matt. And I, I think that this is definitely a conversation we're going to continue. And love to have you on again. So thanks so much. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it. If you guys could do me a favor and like, leave a review for this podcast, that's the best way for us to get exposure and let other people discover how much fun we can have reviewing insurance and risk management issues. 